Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're talking about Winnipeg Pro Sports Team. So Winnipeg Jets, who are heading into their final preseason game Friday, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who take on the Elks on Saturday. We'll talk to Kelly Moore and Derek Taylor on the podcast. Kelly Moore joins us for the final time as part of our training camp coverage for Body Measure for weight management, fitness, and health optimization design for you. Visit bodymeasure.ca. Kelly Moore, are you excited to have training camp and preseason just about done with? Yes. In a word, yes. But uh, by the same token, though, uh, you know, we're we're not going to uh, the, the Jets, at least for those of us back here in Winnipeg, are going to be out of sight, out of mind. Uh, for the guys who travel, like Paul and Jamie, and then the guys from the newspapers and Kenny Wee from Sportsnet, Murata Tesh from The Athletic, I would imagine they'll all be spending time in Banff with the hockey club. Uh, but uh, yeah, even with that said, you know, Christian, I, I mean, I know, I know it's our job to um, keep an eyeball on things and try and figure out what the coaching staff and management is thinking. But rarely, <laughs> rarely uh, do uh, the uh, the two trains of thoughts uh, merge with one another. They usually wind up colliding. So for all that I have been procrastinating on your show and on your sports reports and on the morning sports reports with Cam or Ross Levitan, um, uh, that's why I always like to say this is my opinion. This <laughs> probably is not going to be the way uh, that it's going to shake out uh, when the team decides what they're going to do. So, yes, in your report this afternoon, you laid out what you thought would happen. And for those yes. who did not hear it at 425, what is your official prediction that we will write down in pencil and not pen? Yeah, please, please make sure you do it in pencil. Yeah, I I just think that, uh, you know, from an upfront uh, perspective, uh, I think, you know, and, and I I don't think anybody really expected Brad Lambert to make this hockey club. He's given it a great uh a great push, and I know there is a you know a lot of fans out there that would love to see him be part of their opening night lineup. Uh, but from my perspective, if you're going to look at how this this team lays out, uh, I, I don't I just don't see Brad Lambert being the right fit for on the fourth line, and he's I just don't see him knocking off anybody. Uh, that's on those top two lines right now. Boy, did Scheifler and Ehlers, Ehlers and Connor look great last night. Um, we really haven't, I don't think we've even seen uh, Dubois between Perfetti and Wheeler as a line yet in the preseason. And it uh, also, from that perspective, you know, uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that number two line plays. And boy, Morgan Barron's done a pretty nice job on the left side. I know it's been a, a real short window uh, to see the way he has worked uh, with uh, Adam Lowry and, and Mason Appleton. So that brings us to the fourth line. And I, and I don't see Brad Lambert being a fit there. Sam Gagne, I think, has done a really, really nice job. Hasn't been used a whole heck of a lot in the preseason, but when he has, uh, he's shown some pretty good stuff. So uh, him, and then, and then you know, Christian, it comes down to, you know, is it Saku Manalainen who can clear, who, who, who is waiver-exempt, rather, and has he done enough, as, as impressive as he has been, has he done enough to warrant the potential to lose, uh, be it Jansen Harkins or Dominic Toninato? Uh, I don't think the Jets would expose David Gustafson. I think he will be included on the roster. 
Uh, just because of the time uh, that they've uh, put into developing this guy. And he does a lot of little things right uh, that uh, that uh, don't get noticed. So uh, it comes down to, at least in my opinion, uh, uh, I think Dominic Toninato has had a very strong camp and a strong preseason, and he's been used a lot at center ice. So I think he's the guy that'll be on that fourth line with Sam Gagne, and I think it'll be Jansen Harkins. And if it doesn't work that way, then I think you see Gustafson in the middle and uh, and you see Toninato on the left side and Harkins is the 13th forward. But I don't see Manalainen making the hockey club off the get-go. And then, uh, on, the, on, then on the defense, uh, I think it'll be uh, Jonathan Kovacevic and Vili Hainala who will be the 7th and 8th defensemen. I think Dylan Sandberg and uh, Kyle Capobianco uh, will be sent down. Capo Bianco would have to uh, clear waivers. And I think Logan Stanley sent a, a, a real uh, positive and timely message along the same lines as David Riddick last night. Not that Riddick was in any danger of losing his job, but uh, I, I just think you needed to see something from those guys in an NHL-type setting of a hockey game. And I, and I thought both of them delivered. So when we hear what you're saying and, and keep in mind what you're saying, are we also thinking when it comes to Harkins, when it comes to Stanley, that yes, they might get the opening night job, but by no means should they feel super comfortable in that job? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and that's the best thing about this camp. And, and you know, the healthy debate uh, that is inspired. Like, if you were to tell me, you know, Christian, no, I, I disagree with you. I think it'll be this guy, this guy, and this guy. It's been so close. Uh, that uh, I certainly wouldn't mount much of an argument that way. But, you know, I get asked for my opinion, so I offer it. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's etched in stone. And, no, I would I, and I would say the same thing would probably pertain to a, a Dominic Toninato. You know, if Morgan Barron uh, was to slip a little bit and Jansen Harkins is playing really well on the fourth line or Dominic Toninato, say, you know, Gustafson centering and Toninato's playing really well on the left side uh, of that fourth line. You know, they, there's a there's a number of different pieces to push, along with Saku Manalainen, rather, down in Manitoba, if he winds up there, who would also be in that next man-up conversation, along with a guy like Christian Reichel, who I didn't think had that bad of a camper preseason. Uh, you know, he, he wound up playing probably a little higher up the rotation in the forward ranks in some of those early games than, than what he normally would. But I think they wanted to see what kind of a, an offensive push he could make. Uh, but, uh, you know, in 13 games last year, he was able to prove himself to be a pretty reliable bottom six or bottom three guy. So there are a number of people that are are there and, uh, and, and ready to take over if the doors open just a bit. So is it true in your eyes then that anybody we see on the ice tomorrow night, like for sure, for sure the lineup tomorrow night is the one that starts next Friday. Well, I don't know for sure, for sure, Christian, because that was the preference of Rick bonus. And you know, that and the fact that uh, they really wanted to have their hockey club uh, for the four day, I don't want to call it a retreat in Bam because I think they're going to, they're going to practice pretty hard. Uh, but uh, you know, they, the, the, the four day, session in Banff let's call it that uh, I, I think he wanted to really be at the uh, at the team that he's going to have but 
you know, if, if they meet with management, management says, well, you know what, let's, let's just, let's just take a little bit more time to, to see a man aligning or, or, you know, just to see what Lambert can do. Uh, you know, they, they don't have to be down to the 23 uh, until noon our time Tuesday. So, you know, while I, I get it because of the circumstance, uh, why the coach uh, and probably his staff would like to have their team with them when they uh, head out to Calgary tomorrow, um, I don't know that, like, let's put it this way. Uh, for, for sure, we're going to see Shifley between Ehlers and Connor. Uh, I would be willing to bet we're going to see uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois between Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti. Adam Lowry centering that line with Mason Appleton and Morgan Barron. And then it's, okay, so who's playing on the fourth line? You know, and, and the five veterans on defense, they're going to be there. So depending on who the sixth guy is, I think it's Logan Stanley. Like, who do you think it's going to be? You've watched a lot of this hockey club. You haven't had the benefit that I've had of, of being a training camp and watching the practices and that sort of thing. But based on what you've seen in the preseason, what would you think, Mr. O'Mell? I'm not sure there's a, a truly standout candidate i don't think anybody ripped the job uh, away so maybe in that case you just give it to the incumbent potentially it, it depends what you're looking for from rick bonus just because logan stanley yeah. and billy handle are so diametrically different yes. in what they offer to the to a hockey team and and it strikes me kelly we talk so much about who makes the team because it's interesting and and it you know we don't know the answer to that because we know the other guys but the fourth line of the hockey team is not going to make or break their playoff hopes this year. It's going to be well. The top yeah, line. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's part part of the puzzle for sure. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's it's much smaller compared to those top two lines in that third line as well. Yeah, I I just I think though that if this hockey club is going to play at the pace that it wants to, uh, and also be able to operate. Uh, with the consistency on defense that it, you know, defensively that it wants to, I think that, you know, I, I agree with you. The fourth line is not going to make or break it, but the fourth line is probably going to be more prominent this year than it has been in, in earlier years. Okay. That's fair. Just because the fourth line has almost been, dare I say, an Persona non grata. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it hasn't really factored in at all to, to this team. And on the third defense pair, right. I think, that's that's true too where some teams the third pair kind of gets buried yeah. and barely plays and we saw that a bit last year when there were some injuries the third pairing didn't really play all that much you've got the five veterans right so you're going to have somebody with Stanley or Hanela or Sandberg or whoever right that is uh, our veteran when everyone's healthy that you trust to be out there so I, I think you're, you're probably right that Stanley's the guy that starts I'm not sure that's an inspired choice but I feel like that's Probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised based on the waiver statuses and, and whatnot. And again, I don't think there's a there's a right or wrong answer there. And then up yeah. front, uh, yeah, I, I think I think you got it nailed with with the forwards. I think Tony Nato, uh, Gandhi Harkins, and then Baron on the third line. That seems like a, a reasonable outline to to start things off. Yeah, and then Gustafson. It's either going to be Gustafson or Harkins or, or, or going to be the thirteenth yep. forward. I think. I believe. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, you know, it, it, and, you know, Madelineen has had a very good camp. He has been very consistent in the preseason, but you know, again, is it enough to warrant the uh, the idea of trying to send uh, a, a forward who needs to clear waivers uh, and and taking the chance that you're going to lose that guy because they're all part of the depth uh, 
uh, of this hockey club as well. And, you know, on the defense, you know, last night uh, against more of an NHL caliber type of opponent, uh, you know, we only saw Billy Hanela play for 14 and a half minutes. I don't say he was bad, uh, but he wasn't as prominent as he has been. And once you do get uh, into your uh, uh, your veteran stock, if say if, if Hanel is your sixth guy, then you've got Pionk, Morrissey, Demello, and Schmidt. Uh, none of them are bruisers, uh, but uh, again, you know they're they're all reliable defensemen. So Hanel kind of falls into being one of those guys. Whereas if it's Stanley or Samberg or even Jonathan Kovacevic, you know, then you've, then you've got a little bit more of a physical presence. I, I thought Kovacevic was really good when he was given the opportunity to kill penalties, albeit it wasn't against NHL caliber, uh, top caliber competition uh, for the preseason games that he played. Uh, but I, management knows him really well this coaching staff doesn't but management does and and you know he's a a right shot right now the 10 guys they've only got three guys that shoot naturally from the right side and he's you know probably one of three or four that supplies that physical element you know stanley samberg and brendan Dillon being the others quickly before we go kelly what's the news on mikhail burden well, you know, and and I think it's the right thing to do for both sides. I mean, you know, the way the Jets had to handle it, they had to handle it. Uh, uh, I think part of this was just through protocol and that sort of thing. But uh, they did it in lockstep with the NHL and NHLPA, uh, Substance Abuse and uh, uh, Behavioral Health Program, uh, to uh, uh, basically, uh, I, I don't want to say suspend, but to, uh, to uh, annul. Uh, Mikhail Burden's contract so that it doesn't count against the salary cap. So for this, and this is the most important thing to remember here, it's for this season only that he's going to be able to go over and play in the Continental Hockey League. None of this, I I think we can uh, understand, Christian, has anything to do with substance abuse or uh, behavioral issues. It's just, it's it's what had to be done to make this work. Uh, but uh, I know Mikhail Burden's uh, agent, Dan Milstein, uh, tweeted out that it's simply he wants to be closer to his family, so he's going to play in the KHL this season. And uh, I think it, uh, you know, it's for the betterment of the player. Uh, it leaves the Jets maybe a little bit thin in the experience department uh, on their goaltending depth chart, but it's the right thing to do. Kelly, appreciate your time as always, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the pregame show. All right, Christian. Derek Taylor, the voice of the Bombers, joins us now. Derek, the Bombers can clinch a home, uh, well, the West Final. They could potentially clinch it this weekend against Edmonton. Do you think they're going to? It requires BC to lose, right? So maybe not. Ah, BC's got an easier game. So I'm going to say no and keep a little drama for the trip to Vancouver, even though there's honestly not much drama, right? Like it would have to be a titanic series of happenings that keep the Bombers from hosting the West Final. Let's talk about the moves they made this week. Let's start with the acquisition of Alden Darby, who was part of the championship team last year. What did you think of the move? Uh, I thought it made a ton of sense. The, the the Bombers like the guys they like and the guys that they've known in the past, and they, they like what veterans can bring. So I thought, oh, Darby's available. That, that one does appear to make perfect sense. Uh, someone had hit me up on, on Twitter and said, what's Darby charted out like this season? And there was a spot in the beginning of the year where Darby and Richard Leonard were the, were the halfbacks 
in Hamilton. And it was very apparent that teams thought they could get theirs against the halfbacks in Hamilton. So uh, it, you, you kind of see that from, the, from what happened to Darby after that. He was halfback. They shuffled him out to field corner, but then they picked up uh, you know, Rodney Randall off waivers from Montreal, and then all of a sudden Darby wasn't in the starting lineup, and then the last couple games he's been the depth guy at that dime defensive back spot. So uh, Hamilton wasn't, wasn't in love with his work, but I can tell you, man, he immediately pops right into this, this Bombers lineup, and they, they know what they're getting. The guys like him. He, they, they know him well. And he's a guy that when you look at that wide side where it's currently Evan Holm and Jamal Parker and Donald Rutledge slash Retta Cramdy. You go, okay, if one of those spots needs filling, here's a guy who's ready to do it and, you know, almost immediately knows Richie Hall's system. So from the Bombers' perspective, when when Coach O'Shea talks about, yeah, we're we're getting thin, you you go, that's that's the guy I would think. If you had your choice of guys who are available, I think Alden Darby's the perfect pick. What about the addition of Desmond Lawrence, uh, also recently of Hamilton on the practice roster, could end up seeing some games for Winnipeg this year. What did you think of that? Yeah, I'd be curious to know what happened to Desmond Lawrence this past season because watching him last year, uh, I thought he was terrific in coverage. He was the he was the Ty Cats Rookie of the Year selection. Um, he did a real nice job on their on their boundary side, so that he kind of fell out of favor. Their their back six as currently constituted in Hamilton is actually filled with some pretty nice players, and maybe there's just not room for Desmond Lawrence. But I mean, to go from Rookie of the Year to your cut the following year, you, you wonder what exactly was the deal there because, yeah, it's it's a surprise. So the Bombers get a chance to look at him. Uh, they get you know four weeks to kind of feel him out and see what he might contribute. Will he get to play? Maybe in a in a situation where they don't uh, they don't you know where, where they've clinched. Maybe that we get a first chance to look at him. But that one is I, I'd be curious to know what the story is behind that because he was he was riding a pretty high high last season and now he's he was on the street for the Bombers to go get. The lineup that's going to be on the field against the Elks on Saturday, do you think it's going to be pretty similar to the one we saw last week? I think so. I think there's two spots I'm going to, I'm going to want to see tomorrow when the depth chart comes out. I'm going to want to know, because Stanley Bryant didn't practice again this week. He hasn't practiced. He got hurt in the game before the bye. They'll finish it off. Uh, he hasn't practiced since then. And last week it was fine, he played, but then he, he, you know, he hurt the ankle again. And then this week they've changed up who's been at left tackle in practice. So it makes me wonder if that means Stanley's going to take the week off. And then you saw, you saw it from the sidelines in the third quarter of last week's game, all of a sudden Donald Rutledge wasn't at the dime defensive back spot. It was Retta Cramdy, and it was Cramdy for the rest of the game. Well, first two, week, first two days of practice, it's been Retta Cramdy again at that dime back spot. And Rutledge, while he's on, you know, he's the gunner on punt team now, so he'll be on the roster. I, I wonder if Cramdy's about to get the start at dime defensive back and set the stage for a future move. So those are the two to, to watch. Uh, but other than that, like, I don't think Jackson Jeffcoat's coming back quite yet. He didn't look himself. Greg Ellingson has one more game on the six-game injured list before he's eligible to return. So uh, apart from those two spots, I think it'll look a lot like the SAS game. Farhan Lalji and uh, Dave Naylor on TSN talked today about the the fact that Kenny Lawler to Winnipeg was discussed ahead of the trade deadline. What do you think of that report? I <laughs> I, I like the thought that they were they were pushing right because even even as it is right now, you go 
oh, this receiving core could, could maybe still use something. They're getting Nick Dembski's having a star season, and Dalton Schoen's the rookie of the year, and Rasheed Bailey's got a, must be a career high in touchdowns, and he makes some spectacular plays. But you could always use a little more, right, with with a Zach Kolaris offense. I'd be most of his money would have been paid, so salary's not a real concern. I'd be curious what they would have had to give up. Uh, but I mean, there's a move that that guy sl- pops right in at one of the slot back spots, and then you figure it out whenever Greg Ellingson's ready to return. But oh man, the the thought of that Lawler, he was he was absolutely dynamic in Edmonton this year, and that guy wants the football like he wants his next breath. So uh, I I love the thought of that, and I I love the thought that the Bombers were were looking to hey we are 13 and two, but we could always be a little better. And for those who don't know, Lawler is out for the year with an injury that uh, pretty much shut down any thoughts of, of the trade. The trade deadline was this past week. Is there anything in your eyes that Winnipeg or that Edmonton can do to win on Saturday? Uh, let's see. Hey, here's here's the thing. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, uh, their quarterback. I don't think he's very good. That's I'm I'm I feel like I'm kind of in an, on an island of guys who don't think Taylor Cornelius is very good but what he is he's a real high variance quarterback in that his highs can be incredibly high like he can make plays that honestly no other quarterback in the cfl can make but then his lows are also very low and he'll throw it into a spot and you go that's ah, just three guys in the other color jersey i don't know why you threw the ball there that doesn't make any sense or why would you take that sack at this time so if you get the right bounces and I mean, Bomber fans a few weeks ago saw the best game Dane Evans will ever play in his life in, in that loss in Hamilton. You go, well, if Taylor Cornelius plays the best game of his life, they now have real weapons, especially compared to the first time these two teams played. Like, Darrell Walker is, is flashing. Dylan Mitchell is, what, is it five straight games with a catch of 45 yards plus? And their running back, Kevin Brown, who they've come around to, that cat runs very hard, and he is a thick body. And you go okay, well, they, they have some weapons to play with. And if Cornelius plays his best game ever, and, you know, Zach's had some games where he's made some mistakes, there is there is a way in which the Elks win this game. But ultimately, it's a 13-win team against a 4-win team. And uh, last I saw, Winnipeg was like a 13-point favorite. So it's uh, it's unlikely that the, that the Bombers would stumble on a game like this. But Zach Kolaris had seven completions last two last time they played. So football can be a funny game sometimes. 24-10 the final when Winnipeg played in Edmonton earlier this season. Do you think that game has any bearing on Saturday? I honestly don't. Um, it was it was just so strange. And uh, since then, Edmonton has gone through so many bodies in, in so many places and they they're start they found themselves now kind of what they're going to be through the end of the year but they were still experimenting uh back then now they're a they're a team that has a, you know we found our guys up front this is our three-man rush package we're going to throw this at you all the time and you we're going to cover with nine and good luck picking us apart so i think they've kind of found what they are they found their weapons on offense they found a guy who can run the ball They've settled on an offensive line, though I don't know that it's very good right now. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's just, you know, games that are whatever it is, 13 weeks apart. They're, Edmonton's gone through a lot of change since then, so yeah, I don't, I don't put a lot of uh, stock in, in what happened in that first one. Plus, it was just, I mean, seven completions and you win a football game is just so strange for this, this Bombers offense. 
looking around the rest of the CFL today, William Stanback is back for the Montreal Alouettes as uh, the leading rusher from last season. Hasn't played since week one with a broken ankle. How big is that? Do you think Montreal can win the East? Uh, I absolutely think Montreal can win the East. And I think I think the change, you know me, I'm not the biggest running back running back guy, but it's, it's definitely, to my, my mind, going to change the way Montreal approaches running the football. In the meantime, with him out, they've used Jeshrin Antwi, the Canadian, and Walter Fletcher. And those guys are getting, you know, six yards a pop in the running game. They're just not running the ball as often, so it's not as noticeable, right? With, with Stanback back, a guy who's not a real great receiving threat, they're going to run the football. And they're going to go into the, hey, in October and November, running the football matters, and they're going to use that guy. So it's going to, in my mind, change it. And then they would certainly hope that Trevor Harris can leverage that into more deep balls for Geno Lewis and more from Reggie White. And God forbid Jake Winicky actually appears in a game this season would be incredible. Uh, it's, it's been a weird year in Montreal. I think I've been on for a few weeks now. I think Montreal is going to win the East. Like they may win it at nine and nine. But I mean, with the way they attack on defense, I don't know. Especially having watched, I, I sat through three hours of that Toronto game, losing 28-2 to two or whatever it was to Calgary. I don't know that the Argos have a ton going for them right now. And as we get deeper in the season, do we maybe look back at that Winnipeg loss to Montreal and think, okay, Montreal turns out is actually decent? I mean, there, there were a couple of inflection points for them this year, right? There was firing Kahari Jones because he's undisciplined and then all of a sudden, week 10, like both those games, right? Those Both those games were tight. And it, it comes down to a couple of fluke Mark Leggio misses that ends up settling that game. But yeah, like Montreal, with the way they attack you on defense and having enough, you know, just enough offense to get through, that was a, that was a point where you go, okay, maybe there is something here. Maybe maybe we need to stop. Maybe DT made just needs to stop making fun of Danny Machocha for what he did to Kahari Jones. But uh, yeah, they're... They're intriguing because someone's going to come out of the East and get to challenge one of these great West teams in the play, in the Great Cup. So uh, why wouldn't it be Montreal? Well, unless it's Saskatchewan that goes through the crossover. Hamilton come can on do now. a lot this weekend to change that potential. They're 4-10, Saskatchewan 6-9, and nine, and they meet tomorrow. Hamilton really needs to win that to have any hope of making the playoffs. Are we wasting our breath talking about it, even? Well, somebody's getting in there, so I I just don't know that either team can do any damage in the playoffs. Like the the team we've seen the Bombers play three times, the Riders. Like even with even if they were to get Duke Williams back off the sixth game, I don't know Anthony Lanier back off the sixth game. I don't know what they they would have in a in a playoff position against any of those teams, especially a double road trip to the East. Hamilton, I mean, they did mop up the the Bombers in that one game, but. They're just, they're so troubled on offense with now more injuries, inconsistent offensive line, zero commitment to to the run game. Dane Evans with his, sure, he played his greatest game against the Bombers, but then he regressed immediately to being Dane Evans. I, I just don't know that, that it honestly matters who gets that third spot because they're going to have to go to Montreal or Toronto. And if they go, I just think they get, they get whacked in that first game. Are you surprised that Paul Lapolis got the axe? Maybe a little bit. Uh, and, and some of that becomes what was going on in the locker room that we just don't know about. Like, last season, I, I just thought Lapo had got saddled with a roster that was so bad 
that, that what was what was he going to do with the roster that that he got last year? That was kind of my impression of it. It was it was a GM who I, I honestly don't know what he was thinking even the year before that, but much less last year. You give your coach no talent and ask him to go win football games. This year, the talent was there, but I mean, if Jeremiah Masoli is there, the team that we saw, you know, take the Bombers to the wire in consecutive games in weeks one and two, that team was for real. So, do you are you, are you pinning it on Lapalise for Masoli's injuries? Well, if that if you are, then then that's not great. If there's something else going on behind the scenes, I could I could totally understand this move. If players just aren't responding to to Lapalise after two years, I would totally get it. But as much as this year did not go their way, uh, honestly, I mean, you and I talked about this. I was all in on Ottawa at the beginning of the season because of the Masoli pickups and the other free agents they had in. Masoli goes down because of a cheap shot, and their season was essentially ruined at that spot. I feel that that'd be that'd be tough to pin on Lapalise. Uh, but then he called a timeout to kneel down at the end of the first half, and I kind of wondered, do you know what you're doing anymore? So it's all a, it's all been a it's all been a giant mess in Ottawa. Absolutely. Derek, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and we'll uh, talk to you at the stadium on Saturday. Thanks, brother. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage anyway. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try